Do you have to say that every time? I do. Okay. Yeah. There should be a normal intro. Good. I'm going to change it. Welcome. Hello, listeners. It's another episode of Hear Voices from the People Who Bring You ICU Talks. So this panel includes a professional therapist, someone who needs therapy, and someone who's had the therapy. So I'm the guy that needs the therapy named Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, guys. <laughs> I'm the girl who's had therapy. I should say has. Lots yes. of therapy oh. continuously. Danielle. Hi, Danielle. And Oh, hey, hey. She didn't want to get left out. Part of her therapy taught her to be validated and speak her needs. And this is Kim Honeycutt, psychotherapist, someone who's still in therapy and loves to sit with people and help them to get better through learning about psychology. Hi, Kim. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hey. I almost did it again. Hey. Right? So here we are today. We're going to dissect, dive into Kristen Young's talk. She's our 10-minute speaker in January, and the topic was Mirror, Mirror. Who do you see? Because it has a lot to do with the self-reflection and what's real about how we view ourselves and how does God see us. And so Kristen Young, who I've known for 12 years, just tore it up. You would have thought she speaks all the time, you know, tells her story every week somewhere, and she, she hasn't. And so I thought she did an exceptional job. She did. She did a great job. I love some Kristen who Young. Doesn't? I hate to say it out loud. I love some Kristen Young. And her jacket. Gotta love the jacket. So if you're listening to this, we're so glad you're here. If you want to see her jacket and see Kristen <laughs> Young, you can always go to YouTube, subscribe to our ICU Talks YouTube channel, and you can see this. But a lot of us are busy, and so you're listening to this while you're getting ready in the morning. You're listening to this while you're driving to work or driving to see your therapist. And so we also want you to have this option as well that you can just listen to it. And we're just gonna we're just gonna play it. And then we're gonna we're gonna interrupt it a lot because we got we got some more stuff to say. We, yeah. we got stuff to say. And for you male listeners out there too, <laughs> just keep in mind that it sounds a little bit on the feminine side while we're listening to it, but there is a message for all of us male listeners as well. And it's something that Kristen was, is gonna try and drive home, even through all the princess talk, all the True. beauty stuff. True. So keep tuned in and it'll be a message for you. That's too. right. That's right. All right, keep it going. Not for me though, for Kim. Um, Let's just pause it right there that she said my name. Mm. So oh, that's you that. she was talking. Yeah, oh, let's, let's yeah, let her keep we... going talking about me. Let oh, her keep going. Okay. Thank you for letting your pain become your platform and for giving the rest of us a chance to tell our stories. Let's just publicly thank her. Thank you, Kristen, for acknowledging mm. my greatness. Yeah. Our, that's what, our, oh, it wasn't about me. It was I mean, our. We, there's, a there's a lot of us that make up the group. It's very, very true. But anyway, she did say that my name. A, from I the put stage. that table on the stage. That was a good, you did put that table good on scripted the stage. message That's that she read. She <laughs> did. I'm glad I wrote that for her. Anyway, back to Kristen Young's. All right, message. so let's just state the obvious and get it out of the way. I'm a human disco ball. I know. Okay. Acknowledge the jacket. It's fine. What I actually want you to acknowledge is the thought that you have about me, right now. It's okay. Whatever it is is fine. This is what we do, right? We see kids that are too old to be having temper tantrums, having temper tantrums, and decide, ooh, bad parents. Somebody doesn't let you out in traffic, and we decide that that person is selfish in everything they do in their lives. And they probably are. We take our judgments and let them become assumptions. It's like predictive text on your phone, you know? Like, it, you get one or two letters, and it assumes it knows what you're going to say. Like, my phone must think I'm always talking about boats, 
but ship. <laughs> that was not what I was going to say. It's fine. This is what we do. We put expectations on other people. We expect people to be certain things. We expect them to do or be or say certain things based on their position, role, or who they are in our lives. But when we turn it around the other way, it's harder because then people have expectations of us. So I am on staff at Mosaic Church, and some people know me as a staff member as a church, and so they assume that I am always good and kind and gracious all of the time. Other people know of me because of social media, and they have written the story that my life is perfect and everything is just happy clappy all day long. Some of you have no idea who I am, and that's totally fine, but you still have an expectation of something that you want from me based on that first thought that you had when I walked up on stage. See, when I auditioned, I planned on talking to you about the expectations and assumptions that we put on each other and how we need to back it off and give people space. And there is some validity in that. I do think that that's a true statement. But talking at you and trying to teach you something is not what you came for. Kim created this space so that we could show up and feel normal and that you could leave knowing that you're not alone. So I want to pause it there where she said that we create a space for people to feel normal. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, has either one of you ever felt normal? Not sure what that means. I think that <laughs> she was insinuating um, accepted. Absolutely. Like a normal as accepted. That's right. And that is what this is about, that you get to go somewhere on the third Tuesday of the month and be somewhere where you walk in the door and the norm is people being medicated. The norm is people who have been institutionalized. And there's norms of people who walk around trying to make it look like they're perfect because they are mm -hmm. so scared of someone seeing much pain they're really in. And we really have created something where everyone just gets to be who they are. And if that's not what Christ didn't want for us, I don't know what, what right. else would be true. But I just think she makes a great point here. So instead of trying to give you a nugget of knowledge to walk away with, I'm gonna see if I can make this relatable. First, question for all the women, there's lots of women out here. Who is your favorite Disney princess? Yes, okay. I know, guys, hang with me. I'm covered in sequins, I'm talking about princesses. Don't get up and leave, okay? I promise I'm going somewhere with this. All right, so when I was a kid, I loved Snow White. She was the only brunette princess at the time, but also everybody loved her, and they were always talking about how beautiful she was. She lived with those seven little guys and, like, didn't have any girl drama, you know? So I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to have for my life. <laughs> Till I realized she was a cartoon, and her whole entire character was based on her appearance. So I needed to find a new role model that was more than just a pretty face. And in my search, I found one. Miss America. <laughs> Miss America is not about looks, you guys, okay? I, I mean, come <laughs> on. I mean, really? So if I, Kim Honeycutt, went to go audition for a pageant thing, like, I'm sorry, it is about looks. I just need to say that. Hmm. I would vote it for you. It is. I would vote for you. However, I'm telling you, it is about looks. So they See, can I would say fast that. To the speeches is what I would do. What speeches? On Miss America. Did they get to talk? Yes. So the best line ever in a pageant was um, Miss Congeniality when she, they asked the woman on the stage of um, describe the perfect date. She said, I would say April 24th because it's not too hot and it's not too cold. <laughs> That's my kind of American pageant right there. So whatever, it is about looks. But go ahead, Kristen. 
she is a good person and she helps people and she fights for world peace. So hello, like who doesn't wanna be Miss America? Once I decided that's what I was gonna do with my life, then I had to figure out how I was gonna make that happen. It was a little bit about looks. I had to ditch my baggy t-shirts and bandanas, start wearing makeup and clothes that actually fit. But it was more about the platform. Miss America was always helping people. I like to be around people, so I decided I would go to college as a social worker. You know, like change the world one family at a time. Then I got to college and started decorating my dorm with bulletin board crafts, like changing them out for all the holidays with everybody's name on them, till my friends had to sit me down and say, listen, you are clearly the only person in the world that doesn't know you were born to be a teacher. And I was like, all right, I can do that. As a kindergarten teacher, I would have a limitless number of kids to love and take care of. So one day I realized this Miss America thing is actually attainable. Thanks to YouTube and fashion magazines, I got even better at putting on makeup and knowing how to dress. Between teaching and volunteering at church, I was constantly helping other people. I even entered a beauty pageant and I won. I was the only, I was the only one that showed up, <laughs> but they still said I won and I'm keeping that crown. It's mine, you can't have it back. But it wasn't really about what I was doing. I became very good at playing the character and becoming this everyday Miss America. It was a little bit about my looks, but it was mostly about achieving, not letting people down, and being as perfect as possible. Brene Brown says that our egos drive pretending, performing, pleasing, and perfecting. Our egos love gold stars. They crave acceptance, approval, and admiration. So I love that. I mean, I love Brene Brown, yeah. obviously, because I'm a shame expert. Amazing and author. she's like the shame expert of all shame experts. And so she's fantastic. But just, I'd love to hear y'all's comments. A male point of view, a female point of view about, about ego. About ego. So, yeah, from my standpoint, perfection was driving a lot of bad behavior on my own part. Perfection was kind of driving me to keep working just a bit too late mm -hmm. missing out on the family thing and maybe taking some substances that would kind of help me stay up all night yeah to do just that yeah so pretty poisonous thing and you actually find out that it's it's such a poison for your whole life it's poison for your career and just it's poison to be around really when you're trying to live that life of perfection doesn't work. Yeah, but I think it's so important, Dan, you speak openly about that because it, it does look differently on you than it does on Kristen, right? Because you're, you're it's so always, interesting how it comes out in different, yeah, yeah, different. But, but the enemy wants all of us to get wrapped up in right. it, right? Because either people go perfectionism route or rebellion, and but perfectionism is a form of rebellion because you're still saying that you know more than God, that your way is right. the higher way, but it comes from pain, it doesn't come from right. ego in the sense of being egotistical, right? It's very, very different. Um, but it still takes you away from knowing who you really, really are. Still covering. Yeah. What does perfectionism look like in your life, Danielle? Um, I mean, I, it has, in my adulthood, has, has come out in a yes person. Like, I say yes to everything because yeah. I don't, like, I'm going to do everything. And um, not so much as Kristen's does as appearance, but mine is more of, doing so I'll just do everything and right. then of course be upset that I don't have time to do anything for myself or mm -hmm. you know self-care because mm -hmm. I'm giving everything to everybody else right or that no one noticed that you needed something right right yeah 
Absolutely. And so for Kristen, perfectionism came about how she looked and perfecting that. And for you, it was work-wise. And for you, it went into people-pleasing. Mm-hmm. And obviously my looks, too. Well, it's, it's perfect. Yes. So there you have it. So while it appeared that I was doing all the right things, it wasn't really just to help people. I was doing it for my ego. I loved the compliments and the attention. I thrived on knowing that people were telling me I was the best at whatever it was. I knew exactly what my ego needed to hear and how to get people to tell me. I put all of my validation in what other people thought. Fast forward through 12 years of teaching, a husband of eight years, two little girls and two therapists, and I have learned to stop playing the character for the praise. Instead, I play her for self-protection. See, my ego is very, very good at highlighting all of the shiny parts of myself, but it's also desperately afraid of being known. So that is huge. And that's actually a whole lot about my next talk is really how many things we do so that people still don't get to know us, Mm -hmm. right? And that I just think about how many things you do throughout the day out of fear of being rejected. You really want connection, but you do things that keep people. There's no way they're going to get close to you. They'll, they'll never know who you really are because you're in so much fear of, of being rejected. Yeah. I go the probably the opposite route of, of Kristen here. I tend to be a little bit snarky, to put it a nice way. And I will point out faults of individuals, either in my head or if I'm feeling that particular way, I may let them know or other people know, which is a really bad trait. But that's my way of keeping from being rejected, at least first. Right. Isn't that interesting? It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you overdoing Danielle for somebody keeps them just as much of a distance Mm -hmm. from you as Dan giving them a hard time and making fun of them. Right? And saying yes to other people, like my meaningful relationships. Right. I don't have time for because, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's how I keep them like, sorry, can't do coffee because... Mm-hmm. I'm going to go teach eight yoga classes. Yeah. Why do y'all think we're so scared of people knowing who we really are? Judgment. Just, uh, yeah, judgment. So I think it's the lies that came from the rejection of the child, the shame and blame that came around that, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe that's who I really was. So why would I spend time with her? If I was so against her, why would you be for her? Like, right. it just would never make sense. So I think that's what she's talking about. Like, we develop all these protectors to keep people at a distance. So we can have a little bit of that connection that God gave us a desire for. But it's not much. Yeah. If you're beat up a bit as a child, mentally or physically, it kind of weighs in. Much yes. as your book has shown to a lot of readers. What book is this? But Your Mama Loves You. <laughs> but your mother loves you. But your mama. But your I don't mama. have a mama. I don't mama. have a mama. I'll tell you that. I have what about a mother. your mama? I have a mother from a different country. Yes, but but your mother loves you available on Amazon. For yes. Kindle, seven ninety nine. Right, right. Sixteen ninety five. So you can cut that part out. The ego is constantly ready to amp up the distractions if anybody gets too close. It's not always about my looks. That's just a tool that I have learned to use because I know that if I put my best appearance forward, I can distract you. I know that what you see is what you're gonna base your assumptions on. 
And that means I know a lot of people are still going to be wrong and assume that my life is easy and I have no issues. But in self-protection mode, I don't care that your assumptions are wrong. Because it's still a lot easier and a lot less threatening than you knowing who I really am. I would rather you find me unrelatable because you think my life is perfect than you reject me because you figure out what I already know, which is that I'm not good enough to live up to who you need me to be. So right there, I feel like she said what I said a minute ago about that when the shame comes on top of our rejection and then we really believe that something's wrong with us and that we're undeserving of those good relationships, mm -hmm. we'll just settle for for people being in certain positions in their lives. Because if you get too close, you're gonna, you're gonna think the same thing about me that I think about me, right? Right. What percent of your clients do you think have issues related to shame, blame? 100%, okay. absolutely, 100%, yeah, it's definitely. Shame is the reason why they walk in the door, shame is the reason why they don't walk in the door. Because it's just, it's just that powerful. Because it affects your whole belief system. If you see my smiling red lips and assume my life is always joyful, you don't know that that same mouth sits in therapy talking about putting up walls for my emotions because I don't know if I can handle the weight of them. When you see me doing all the good things for all the people, you don't know that I might be delaying going home where I feel like it's a failure as a wife who struggles to emotionally show up for her husband. When you see perfectly put together, you don't know that sometimes I feel like I am falling apart holding on to that one piece because I know if it falls, my entire life is going to crumble. It's not about my looks. It's about distracting you from what I don't want you to see or even see myself. Ann Voskamp says that behind our fears, we find our idols. And we all know what our fears are because that's the thing that we violently run away from, right? My fear is inadequacy and rejection. So my idol became self-preservation by perfecting the confident, loud, shiny part of me, which is real. But by perfecting that side, I assured that that was more than enough Kristen for anybody they, they would ever need. Nobody's going to come at me for anything else. So I could keep the rest of that hidden. What are you hiding from? What is the thing that you are so afraid of seeing even when you look in the mirror yourself? The problem is, when we rely on these external masks, we tell people what defines us. We say, this is who I am, and this is the most important part of me. Even worse, we take the fiction stories that we let other people write, and we let them limit the work of God in our lives. We even tell God, who made us? This is who I am. So here I am, God, here for your glory, but not this unusable, unsavable part. Use me but just work within these parameters. The good news is, God is not limited by what we think. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Not in a sterile, like, Sunday school answer kind of way, like, God made me this way. And it's also not a badge of permission to do whatever we want to do. It means so much more than that. That whatever I am or whatever I'm not doesn't matter because Jesus fills in the holes and makes me enough. He makes me enough. So I think that's some strong things she just said in the past few minutes. You know, just knowing that he makes me enough, but all that she's talking about are things that won't let you step into that truth. 
Mm-hmm. Like shame won't let you really know you're enough to him. Because then the relationship with him is not personal, right? Because you're spending so much time covering up who you are. Relationships with people around you aren't personal. Relationship with him doesn't get to be personal, right? Because our need is what makes relationship really uh, something to connect to and, and allows it to be a two-way street. You know, even in prayer to the Lord of taking your knees to him with that, there's two people who think they're not even worthy of, yeah. of, of praying or being prayed for. That he makes us enough. How do, you, how do we make that true? Right? That's what it's more about. Because we know it's true. How do we make it true into our, to our I, lives? And I think that's hard. easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. It takes it's a lot a of work. total change of your own mind frame. You know, yeah. and it's not something I don't think... Like, I learned in therapy that it's things don't happen just overnight. Like, right. it's a practice. Yeah. That... What do they say? Something about... 30 days of behavior change or something for it to make right. a habit. I, I feel like it's yeah. similar to thoughts. Like if you right. have like re- reoccurring thoughts or, you know, mm-hmm. you have to actively change those. Yeah. No, it's really true. I'm going to wear this jacket again because I like it. This is just kind of the fashion sense that I have. So it's fine. It's not that putting effort into our appearance is bad. It's that I can't hide behind that. I don't need to because God says, that's not who I am. And if you're thinking of someone else that needs to hear this message, I hope you can get it to them. But please don't take the easy way out by thinking this is not for you because you don't put as much effort into your appearance. We all play roles and hide behind things. Join me in the vulnerability and let it sink in. So I want to stop right there because I I think there's so much shame around appearance and so women have more shame around appearance than men, and men have more shame around work than women. But it's equal rights. Like, you still get to have shame in all mm-hmm. areas, mm-hmm. right? But there's so much there about, I mean, look at the three women that spoke that, that night. All three, based on society, are considered beautiful. And that was part of the power of what they shared, that they all three have in, insecurities. Insecurities, yeah. Right? And so that you look at women who, looks like, to me, I look at, at Kristen, and think, well, why would she ever have a bad day? Because based on what the world's taught me, she's automatically got a good life mm-hmm. because of how she looks genetically. You know, and it's such a lie. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing how we look at I think at even just appearance and Kristen's personality. Like, oh, yeah. I think that before I got to know Kristen, like on a more personal level, I felt like she has like one mood, like happy mm-hmm. right. all the time. And so... Because that's the persona that she gives off. Right. That it's part of the masking that right. she's going to disappear. That life's hunky dory all the time. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think it's just another way of her masking. Yeah, I, I do ask, and I wrote about this in my book that we be really careful about how we talk to people about looks, mm-hmm. um, because we're we're so good at telling people that they're beautiful, that they're beautiful, and they hear it all the time. And people like me who've never ever heard it continuously get the same message. You're beautiful, Kim. Thanks, Dan. You're married. Way to go. Oh. Finally, I found a man. He's married. Therefore, it doesn't right. count. But no, really, just, just that note definitely counts. But it's just that thought of that we, 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 when even you look at somebody and you keep telling them how beautiful they are, you might be encouraging them to not go do the inner work. Yeah. You know, like it's so much deeper, you know, and I can look at all three of y'all and tell you that you're all so good looking and beautiful. But part of that can is because you I... Us? No, <laughs> but part of that is because I, I know your heart. You've done the internal work. You've, you offer me something besides just how you look. Yeah. 
You know, and so I just think we need to take a hardcore look at the fact that from the time a baby's born, the first comments are, your baby's beautiful, your baby's perfect, your baby's handsome. We make it about looks and perfectionism, and that's what this whole message is about, is that we've got to get away from that and make it about character. Pretending that we aren't as broken as other people doesn't make our issues any better. It just gives us the false reassurance that there is something we can control and manage. What you see in the mirror, I know you don't see it physically, but what you see every time you look at yourself, the pain, the doubt, the need, the brokenness, the fear, God can do immeasurably more than you can dream is possible with it. But first you have to sit in the discomfort of your own reality, of who you are, what you think, and the lies you are letting yourself believe. So what a great point. Like if you're gonna get better, you're not gonna be comfortable. You gotta get uncomfortable and you gotta sit in it. You gotta realize that you're broken and that not everything, the things that worked for you before, like how you look or how much money you made at some point, God won't let it work anymore. He won't let you stay dependent on that. He wants you to keep hiding behind that because he wants more for you. Absolutely. Yeah, y'all have experienced that. That kind of reflects my life recently. Discomfort. It's discomfort. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's, what's the next chapter. Yeah, you talk now. about males with jobs and mine yeah. was... Well, I did sort of retire, but yeah, it right. was somewhat taken away from me. So, yeah. yeah. God did not come for the righteous. He came for the broken to heal us. Not because of our unwavering faith, but because he sees a broken world and sent his son to heal it. Not so we can put all of our hope in one day and one event that happened thousands of years ago, but because he is still healing broken people today. Every time you can be authentic and you can look at yourself and see behind the mirror, every time you can share your real self with someone else, every time you can be a safe space for someone else to show up with their feelings and their fears and their junk, you are taking off the mask and revealing who God made you to be way deep down in the depths of your soul, Christ in you. By removing the distractions, you reveal the face of God to another broken person who needs healing. I went first. Can you join me? Thank you. What a great way for Kristen to end that powerful talk that we, we represent him to each other. And God's word tells us that his work is within us, that he's within us, and we are the carrier of the message. And to remember when we're talking to someone who's broken, that we are, we are God's face, we're his power, yeah. we're his light in that moment. We're drawing from him. That's who we really are. And is it right to assume maybe everyone's broken? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just loved her entire message. And mm -hmm. I think um, just from like a broad standpoint, Kristen's message made me think of how I'm interact, going to interact with people that come across that look like they have their life just together, yeah. Yeah. you know, those are the people that you need to ask, like, are you really okay? Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. Because they're so great at masking it. Right. Um, yeah, maybe the straight A students, yes. the straight A's because they feel yeah. so displaced at home, mm -hmm. they're so overlooked at home. Their social media is amazing. Yeah. They're all the time doing all kinds of fun things, and um, those are the people I think I'm going to just maybe ask a little extra couple questions too just to make sure that they're a check-in just to make sure that they really are okay because they're so I mean obviously Kristen's perfect at right. covering it 
Right, she is. Yeah, it's a great point. And what a great thing for us to do is take an extra minute with somebody who we think has got it all together and, and ask, like, really how they're doing. Yeah. All right, well, that brings to conclusion another episode of uh, ICU Hear Voices. Again, we'll be posting new ones every week. Please continue to look for them, download them, listen to them, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you at that point. Thanks. See y'all. Bye, y'all.